The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Thank you for listening to the Advisors Roundtable on, Surf, on Super Talk Radio with certified financial planner Greg Cooley. And Bubba not here today and sitting over here uh, filling in for him is uh, Penn Majors with State Farms. Always good to have you in that chair, Penn. Thanks for having me. I'll do my best to fill Bubba's shoes this morning. Oh, boy. You know, Bubba's not here because they say he's speaking to the children. Boy, can you imagine that? Oh, yeah. yeah that'll be a, a, an empowering speech for the youngsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hope nobody's scarred for the rest of their life. But, you know, we'll pray to that end. Uh, so let's talk about insurance. Uh, I want to talk, first of all, about uh, a subject that you and I have talked about before on the show, but it just seems to keep coming up. At my office, and I'm sure it does your long-term care, you know, uh, people, we get old and we have issues, don't we? Yeah, and everybody's going to find, well, the majority of people are going to find themselves uh, with a need for long-term care. Um, You know, you're going to come to that age, let's say you're 89 years old and you fall and you break your hip and you're going to think, well, I'm going to have somebody come in the house or I'm going to go to the assisted living or I'm going to go to the nursing home. And it ain't cheap. No, and... uh, it's not a subject that people enjoy thinking about, mm-hmm. but uh, you're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four hundred dollars a day, mm-hmm. and uh, the overwhelming majority of people, me included, that's not in the budget, <laughs> uh, especially in that retirement phase of life. Uh, and long-term care is a product that can be used to uh, to fulfill that need. Yeah, and so you know, we always tell people when we're talking to them, it's like, well, what are we going to do? I don't want the nursing home to get Mama's house. You know, that's the the the, the common thing we hear and we say well you got three options number one you can be super rich and not worry about just stroke the check Mm -hmm. okay but at three or four hundred dollars a day uh that's uh really crimping the style of most budget in this part of the world and the second thing is you know you can get everything out of your name and on paper you can appear to be poor let the government take care of you but that may or may not be uh, what you want to do and it may restrict your choices and then the third thing is being insured, right? Yeah, and that option number two is one that people tend to to, to go that way, and uh, the main reason is the cheapest. Mm. But uh, the one flaw is you don't get to go to the facility of your choice, mm. and uh, a lot of times, um, well, all the time, there is a, a big discrepancy in different facilities. Yeah, yeah, and it's a facility thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, Medicaid doesn't pay for somebody to come in your house, and they, they don't pay for you to go to the it's, it, it's a nursing home choice. Yeah, and, uh, of course, you get the choice of the nursing home, but mm-hmm. the, uh, the to sum it up in a nutshell is if you have the long-term care, you basically are guaranteed the fact that you can live in your home. Which is the third option. Yeah. All right? 
Um, and so we can choose various coverages with this insurance, right? Yeah, it's usually uh, it's determined by a, a per day benefit. Okay. Uh, when you buy it, there's a couple of different options. The first choice to make is your elimination period. And mm-hmm. what that means is from the time you are deemed disabled, mm-hmm. there's a 30, 60, and 90 day uh, period there that is kind of a waiting period before your benefits kick in. Once you're deemed disabled. Bubba always calls that. It's basically your deductible. Yes, and it works just like your deductible. So you have if, to pay it before the insurance kicks if, in. If Greg is deemed disabled tomorrow and he has a 30-day period, then that benefit will not pay for 30 days, and at that point it will kick in. And one of the reasons you choose one of those as opposed to a zero elimination period is because it affects my premium. Absolutely. The, the more I'll pay for? Yeah, the longer, just like having a higher deductible on your car insurance. Okay. The longer that period it is the cheaper that premium is going to be mm-hmm. another roadblock uh as people as we talk to people about these long-term care products is they're they're not cheap <laughs> i mean there's no way to sugarcoat that mm-hmm. i mean when you're talking about paying out a benefit of three or four hundred dollars a day mm-hmm. um it's it's expensive mm-hmm. and Unfortunately, a lot of people don't start thinking about this until they're 60 years old. And at that point, it's really, really expensive. Mm -hmm. So sometime in your 40s is really a good time to address that. But a healthy forty-year-old, yeah, you know, when they can, uh, when they can spend that money on a boat or a new car or whatever it may be, it yeah. kind of gets pushed back on the back burner a little and, bit. And you know, you're not really uh, being too facetious when you say a, a boat or whatever, because uh, the expense there can be a couple hundred dollars a month easily, and especially when you wait and get mm-hmm. sixty years old, and it's it's really you can see it coming, mm-hmm. and at mm-hmm. that point, it it really gets expensive. Yeah, and one of the other reasons that we like for people to talk about this and think about this earlier is because you have to be medically underwritten. Yes, yes. You can't wait till you're disabled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if that if that were the case, nobody would buy it until they, they actually <laughs> need right. it. Yeah, yeah. I've had people come in my office before just on disability income and say mm-hmm. they're planning on being disabled. And I'm <laughs> like, well, it, like within 60 days. And I'm like, well, you know, unfortunately, that's not going to work. <laughs> no. Um, not either, no. Yes, but you do have to be medically underwritten, mm-hmm. which uh, similar to life insurance, you're going to have a physical exam. Uh, uh, they're going to ask you some questions. And if there's any issues, they're going to pull medical records. And so for you to get medically underwritten, you probably need to start when you're younger. Exactly. That's why, I mean, you know, the earlier the better, but 40s is a realistic time frame to start thinking, you know, hey, let's go ahead and tackle this while we can afford it. So you have a yearly review with somebody and they're in their middle to late 40s and you bring this up. Uh, do they roll their eyes? At they you? roll their eyes. They look at their watch. They, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the, the old running joke in this business is if you want to get out of a conversation, start talking about life insurance or long-term <laughs> care insurance. Right, and uh, right. It's just unfortunately, and I think even more so now maybe than in past generations, it's just not as high on the priority list. No. Now that we have all these gadgets and phones and things, technology to spend money on, it seems like a lot of these things have kind of lost some of their priority. But I'll tell you, you ever go through it, Mm -hmm. you know, you ever experience it with your mom or your aunt or somebody across the street and you see another family have to deal with it 
it's top of mind then, isn't it? Yes. And uh, me personally, the, the, the biggest thing to me is I, I would just want to be in my home. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they can bring in hospital beds. They can have nursing care come in. Mm-hmm. But just the comfort of being in your home uh, would mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. But that's just my personal preference. Yeah, yeah. I think most people, if they allow themselves to think about it, mm-hmm. okay, you know, imagine yourself when you're 94, what do you think you're going to want? Well, I'm going to want to stay in my home as long as I can. I'm, you know, then maybe take me to assisted living so you know I'm aware of being with other people and have a few activities. And then I'll go to that nursing home. And you're going to have more most flexibility to do that with, Absolutely. with if long-term care. If you've got that long-term care in place, in place it, it gives you the ability to pick and choose which mm-hmm. facility you want to go to mm-hmm. rather than the option of taking mama's house out of her name and giving mm-hmm. her a living estate. Mm-hmm. And then she's being told, all right, you got to go here. We mm-hmm. have an open bed for you. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, we're going to take another break here at the Advisors Roundtable and continue our discussion about our insurance needs here in this part of the world with State Farm agent Penn Majors on the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planner Greg Cooley here with State Farm agent Penn Majors. So uh, we're talking insurance today. And, you know, uh, Penn, in preparation for this show, I pulled up um, one of the latest editions of Forbes. And Forbes uh, just came out with a lot of statistics on the life insurance industry. Oh, yeah. These are interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, According to results uh, of this survey, um, three in four Americans say they have some form of life insurance. Yes, and that's that's usually the generic answer we get. And a lot of times they don't know what they have. Mm -mm. They know they have something at work. Or they know they bought something 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they really... um, haven't even looked at it. They don't know if it's term or whole life or universal or any of that stuff, right? Yeah, and that's that's usually their short answer that they hope ends the uh, <laughs> the interview is, yeah, I've got some. Let's move on. I got some form of it. Yeah. Well, three quarters, that's 75%. Well, that's what they say in the interview. But when they really break it down, you find out only 67% of men uh, do um, and only 49% of women Yes. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, those numbers are a little higher than I would have guessed. Mm-hmm. And I bet they are very different region to region and uh, different economic situations. Oh, I bet they are. And um, many of the people who have it probably have it in some form at work. Yes, and that's that's the automatic answer is, uh, I've got some at work. Well, how okay. much do you have? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And do you know if you're going to be able to take that with you when you no longer work there? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. And all right, let's are... talk about those two points you made. First of all, uh, how much do I have? Mm-hmm. Is it probably some multiple of my pay? It, it it could be anything and everything. It could be just a set dollar amount. It could mm-hmm. be $25,000. Okay. It could be $50,000, which, which are usually a common in that range. Okay. Some larger organizations may say like uh, two times your gross salary, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. things like that, two okay. years of gross salary, things and like that. And sometimes it's provided by my employer oh yeah it just and you know so much of what people look at when they're when they're either interviewing for a job or trying to decide on a job is the health insurance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing they look at and then the the group life is kind of a throw-on that they don't even pay any attention to right right 
And sometimes they don't even know if they wanted to, they could add to it. Absolutely. And especially with larger companies, you have uh, a lot more options Mm -hmm. with bigger organizations. Mm -hmm. It's small businesses, which, you know, are are anywhere and everywhere in America that just due to cost don't have the ability to provide those kinds of benefits. Mm -hmm. So for those people, it's it's on them to go out and make sure that they have something in place. And then you ask the question a second going to go, can I carry it with me? Right. And that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, For most places, the answer is no. When you no longer work here or your Mm -hmm. COBRA time runs out, that you're able to continue those benefits once Mm -hmm. you don't work there anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, those benefits cease to exist. Mm. And there you are. Mm-hmm. Maybe you went to work for Daddy Warbucks over there in the in the radio industry 15 years ago when you were in pretty good uh, shape, and uh, you got a little bit of life insurance because he provided you a benefit. Maybe you bought a little more, and then uh, you know he lays you off. Yes, and and, and it's just like your health insurance. Most of the time, mm-hmm. there are a few examples where you're able to to choose to carry that policy on with you. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, once your employment ceases, those benefits go away. Yeah, and um, you know your your health may not be. Where you can get well, and uh, it's, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to realize every year you live, the chances of you developing some form of health insu- uh, health issues increase. Yeah, yeah. And so, speaking of some issues that can keep you from getting life insurance, here's a list of things that are involved in your personal history, not just your health history, mm-hmm. but your personal history that respondents to this survey had no idea affected their life insurance. Number one, only 35% of the respondents knew that their driving record yes. was considered. Mm-hmm. What does driving record have to do with my life insurance? We call it uh, your MVR, your okay. motor vehicle record. Okay. Because the actuarial tables tell us, hey, if you've got five speeding tickets, you're more likely to die in a car wreck than somebody <laughs> who has zero speeding Ooh. tickets. So okay. that is a factor. Matter On every policy, at least with State Farm, that MVR is pulled. Yeah. And now that you explain it, it makes sense. And DUIs, reckless mm-hmm. driving, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, credit history. Yes, yes. And and I have the hardest time explaining people how your credit affects <laughs> even your car insurance. <laughs> but it does. And, mm-hmm. and your homeowner's insurance. Mm-hmm. It, it has a big impact on that as well as your life insurance. All right. So you're basically trying to determine whether... Um, you can count on me to pay the premium by looking at my credit history. That and somebody in a basement somewhere with one light bulb and a calculator has figured out <laughs> that called actuarial. Yes, that uh, you know by you know rule of thumb is if you tend to have better credit, you are less likely to die at an earlier age. I can't explain how that is calculated, but but that has been determined. Yeah, and so you have to go with it as something that may kick me out. Mm-hmm. Here's another one we're going to have to deal with in our society these days: um, medical marijuana. Yeah, and uh, I don't have an answer for that, mm-hmm. uh, but that is uh, that is a question that is taken into account. Yeah. I don't think it has near the bearing that tobacco use does, mm-hmm. uh, but but it is something that will be taken into account. All right, and you just uh, got to the next one on my list. The use of tobacco. Yeah, and you're, you're going to pay, depending on the policy and your age, probably double mm. the premium. You're still going to be insurable if you have no other issues. But if you are a tobacco user 
and uh companies and smoke and smoke less yes and uh there are a few companies that vary but the overwhelming majority overwhelming majority of companies even take the use of nicorette gum mm. and patches and things like that the same as they do as tobacco use all right so how often have you done a life insurance application old phil daddy warbucks over there wants to leave a million dollars to greg cooley so he comes in to apply and he doesn't answer the questions uh, 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 honestly. That uh, you say, uh, do you use tobacco? <laughs> no. You ever smoke marijuana? No. <laughs> and then you know you do that underwriting. Yeah, it doesn't do uh, much good not to tell the truth okay. because once the underwriting is done, it's going to show up. Yeah. Uh, and then you know there's no penalty of perjury or anything but the premium and the policy are adjusted for the findings on the underwriting so when you talk to somebody about life insurance and you have a positive experience it looks like you know they're going to buy a policy why what, what what is the reason that you see respondents give you is it protecting their family paying off debt what do they say well, the, uh, a recent example i can give you was a young man in his late 30s mm -hmm. with two young children mm -hmm. and he's got a pretty good job and, and and makes a good living and he came in and we were talking about it and he kind of came to the realization on his own that if something happened to him his wife and kids would have to move in with her mother Ooh. You know, and so the, the million-dollar question is, if, if, if you weren't here tomorrow and mainly your paycheck wasn't here tomorrow, right. would you want your family to continue to live the lifestyle they live now? Right. We're not talking about a life of luxury. No. We're talking about a life that functions and is comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the overwhelming, the, the every-time answer is, of course, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. And then we work with... Uh, with them to calculate a coverage number, and then we work with them on their budget, and it usually is kind of a happy medium between what they're comfortable with and their budget and what they feel like right, so suffices for So work me through that calculation. A guy comes in, he's in his mid-30s, and he wants a million dollars worth of coverage. And he's in pretty good health. What do you think that's probably going to run him budget? Mid-30s, a million dollars. The other factor there is going to be the term of the policy. Are we looking at 10 years? Yeah, Are we looking yeah. at 20 well, years? Let's say 20 since he's in his 30s. Yeah, it, it's it's really, it's going to be less than your cell phone bill. I mean, you're talking oh, really? 75, 80 bucks. Oh, really? uh, Yeah, and that's a healthy 35-year-old male. Yeah, I mean, for a million dollars. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the reason that term is so cheap is I'm very upfront with people. There's an overwhelming, the odds are overwhelming you'll never use this policy. But at the same time, for $75 a month, you've got a million-dollar insurance policy when your paycheck doesn't show up in your household. Anymore. So what if he, if you came back with a million-dollar calculation and it was $92? He's going, I can't afford $92, but I can afford sixty. Yeah. Do you sometimes back into what he can buy because of his, his we, budget? We can, we can calculate those numbers either way. We can put in the coverage amount and come out with a premium, or we can put in the premium and come out with this is how much coverage it'll buy you. Yeah. And and sometimes it's a really weird number. If he says, I'll put $75 a month on it, it may be, you know, $832,000. Okay. But it doesn't matter if something happens to him. There you go. You know, that's going to be a whole lot better than what it would have been otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, when he's considering about... <laughs> 
living with the mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How uh, how many times throughout the next 30 years is your family going to curse you <laughs> yeah. or she curse you? Exactly. That you left this upon them. Yes. And yes. $75 a And, month. you know, you, the, most people set it up on a bank draft. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, do it, take your medicine, get it over with. Mm-hmm. Don't ever think about it again. Mm-hmm. If something happens to you, have your executor, your wife, your mother, your child, just tell them to call my office mm-hmm. and say, you know, I don't know what to do, mm-hmm. but something's happened. All right. And then, so we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Practically, how does this look? The application process and one of these days, the claim process when I'm not here with Penn Majors of State Farm on the Advisors Roundtable with Greg Cooley. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planner Greg Cooley here today with you with State Farm agent Penn Majors. And, you know, the life insurance industry is vast. I mean, like billions of dollars of premiums each year. And Forbes, uh, which is a a big uh, writing outfit and and does a lot of reporting on a number of of financial issues, has a uh, an online blog called the Forbes Advisor. People like um, Bubba and I, we, we subscribe and we read and we get a lot of statistics and whatever. And so they've done this um, analysis and um, asked uh, 1,138, uh, to be exact, respondents about life insurance and life insurance in their life. And, and we've covered some of that with you, Penn. So uh, here is um, uh, another point. Relatively a few, a, a, a relatively small number of Americans view life insurance as a means of passing down wealth. Okay, yep. many people when they think about passing down wealth, they're thinking about businesses, they're thinking about land, they're thinking about timber, they're thinking about cash, stocks, bonds, mm-hmm. whatever. But only eight uh, percent of white respondents say they think about it uh, as a means of. of giving generational wealth. Yeah. 22% of black respondents say they do. Now, do you have very many people come in and say, you know what, I didn't save very much in my lifetime, but I want to leave my kids millionaires. No, that doesn't happen every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very, uh, that's, that, that would be unusual, to mm-hmm. say the least. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the overwhelming majority of the conversations we have with people is more about replacing their income. Here in, in northeast Mississippi, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you hear that term generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's not uh, the number one priority that people are seeing, you know, in their, their day-to-day life lives it's it's if my paycheck stopped coming in mm-hmm. every week how would it affect my family mm-hmm. and that's something that you know everybody mm-hmm. needs to really put some thought into well it's part of adulting quite actually i mean i sound like i'm preaching here but quite actually it's one of isn't it one of my responsibilities there to my family absolutely and and if you have children it's it's not even an option mm-hmm. i mean it, you just look at it the same way you you do about paying your light bill or your water bill it's just another bill that's required in in my life at this point and, and you said pay which makes me think premium which makes me think expense well this uh, questionnaire came back that 80% of the consumers who were questioned, overestimated the expense. They thought it was going to cost more. You know, like in my example a minute ago where I said, you know, 35-year-old, 20-year term, million dollars, and you said 60 70 $80. Yeah. 
a lot of people think that's going to be a lot more. Yeah, and and that goes back to the the theory of it's not something that people look forward to discussing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, man, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and check on some life insurance. You know, it's <laughs> that that that's almost an excuse to put it out of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not going to think about that. I can't afford that. Well, within about 90 seconds in a phone call, you can get a real good idea of what it might cost. Okay. So I think it's really more of an excuse to not deal with that situation right now. Because <laughs> it's going to be too expensive. Right. All right. So let's talk about, as we tease people coming out of that last segment, about the practicality of this. You think about it, you hear Greg and and Penn on the radio, and you hear him talking about it, you know, yeah, man, yeah, I am 35 years old, and I do a mortgage, and I do owe for a couple of houses, and I do have a couple or a couple cars, and I do have a couple kids, and I do want them to go to college, and I do put the pencil. Yeah, you know, Greg got really close to it. I probably need a million dollars worth of coverage. the number. Most of the people that we talk to, they hear a million dollars, and you think, "Wow, you know, never have to worry about anything." Well, we'll sit down and, and take a look at what your paycheck is. Take a look at how much you owe on your house. Take a look at how much you owe on your cars, and do you want your kids to go to college? And add that number up and multiply it. The income times 20 or 30, and the number gets big real fast. It really can. And many people don't really realize, you know, they've got their head down, they got their nose to the grindstone, and they're going to work, and they're making $40,000, dollars $60,000 a year, and they don't know that in 10 or 15 years, a million dollars has gone through their fingers. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so if I ain't here, there's going to be a million dollars going through my wife's fingers. Yeah, or or feeling the lack of, of that, that money coming through the household. Right. So practically, I'm a 35-year-old person. I think, yeah, I need the million dollars. I make a phone call. Mm-hmm. You said I can make a phone call. Yeah. And within 90 seconds, you can do what for me? We can get, we can get you a number. All right. We, mm-hmm. we can say, all right, is... is $77 a month going to work in your budget. Okay. Yeah, I think I want to do this. Okay. Well, then uh, the application does require a signature. So they need to come so see you. They will come see us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get some some basic information. We want to find out who their beneficiaries are going to be. We want to find out uh, some different things, some very basic underwriting information, your height, your weight, things like that, mm-hmm. your contact information. Make sure we have all that. Mm-hmm. That whole process can be done in five minutes. Oh, really? It's it's really simple. It's, so I called you. I spent ninety seconds to get kind of a budget number mm-hmm. that didn't scare me. So then I set an appointment. And I come see you in less than a half hour. Yeah, I can have this done. Yeah, and we don't ever want anybody to feel like we're rushing them through mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't want them to feel like, well, my gosh, it's going to take half a day no, to no. go do this. Right, right. We can spend as much or as little time on it as you want to. Okay. And then we will uh, submit that application. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on your age and the dollar amount of the policy, okay. the underwriting guidelines vary. If you're a healthy 30-year-old getting a $250,000 policy, it's going to be a five-minute phone call. Oh, really? It's going to be, hey, do you have any high blood pressure issues? Mm-hmm. Do you have any diabetes? Things They're like that. They're not even going to, uh, at that 
rate and that amount and that age and that health, they, they may not even call my doctor. Correct. They're, yeah, they're not. Unless something, unless you say, yeah, I've got type 2 diabetes. Yeah. They might say, well, we got to dig a little deeper. We might do a uh, exam mm-hmm. where a nurse will come to your place of work or your home or meet you at my office okay. right. and, and do a real brief uh, medical exam. Okay. But again, that goes back to your, the older you get, the more mm-hmm. likely there's going to be some more underwriting involved. And the higher that dollar amount goes up. So I'm a 50 year old, and and uh, yeah, man, I do need to go ahead and get that, and and I need to cover myself for 15 years at least until I get on Medicare and and Social Security, and I need a half million dollar coverage. It's gonna be, it's gonna look a little different than it did for my son. Yeah, they're gonna do a phone interview, and again, I'm speaking for State Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be some some different guidelines for different companies, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna set up that exam. Okay. And as long as you don't have to be in marathon shape, but as long as you don't have any underlying conditions, Mm -hmm. uh, if there are issues there, Mm -hmm. they may request uh, what we call an attending physician statement, where it's kind of like getting some medical records. Okay. And then uh, there are a lot of us that, that aren't in the ideal health situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then you can still get life insurance as long as things aren't, severe aren't too bad okay but you're gonna be it doesn't sound like a great term substandard uh, it's going you're gonna pay a little bit more for it based on your current medical conditions all right. and then they may come back and say you are in marathon shape but you got the criminal record or you got the driving record yeah or- there could be some other factors to mm-hmm. uh to make it a little bit more expensive. But on the same note, if mm-hmm. you are healthy, there are several classifications to bring that premium even down more. Oh, oh really? So you could come back what we call preferred mm-hmm. or super preferred. Mm-hmm. And uh, those premiums get cheaper if you if you get those ratings. All right. Now, you hear all this stuff on television, and, you know, you got a competitor out there named Flo, mm-hmm. and she's always talking about bundling your home and auto. But... Trying to bundle life insurance, there, there's nothing there because this is based on your health. This is not based on. Yeah, you're, you're correct. And the, the one thing that's a little frustrating about the insurance industry is it's changed so much in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. It, it's become, and, and I know cost is important to everybody and everything that they do day to day, but it's become almost as though that's the only factor. And, and mm-hmm. that's not, that shouldn't be the case because every company's not the same. Right. And if you can save $5 a month by going with some fly-by-night company that mm-hmm. you're not even sure who they are, mm-hmm. well, then when something does happen mm-hmm. is when you kind of feel that, you know, I wish I had somebody local. I wish mm-hmm. I had somebody I could go sit down and either fuss at or <laughs> tell them, yeah. you know, hey, yeah. these are the issues I'm having yeah. right now. Yeah. So let's say that the 35-year-old, uh, you know, he he gets under uh, underwritten and, and he's paying his $75 a month in life. It, it, it all goes on. You'll set it up on some kind of auto draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, as long as he's paying the premium, he has the coverage. Once it's locked in. Correct. Right? All right. And if something happens, he hits the lottery and he doesn't need your million dollars because he won $600 million, then he just... Quit got, paying the premium. Well, he's got one or two choices. He can call me and say, cancel it. And mm-hmm. I say, okay. Or he can just quit paying the premium and it's going to cancel. Okay. But he keeps paying the premium and he didn't win the win the million dollars or multi-million dollars. And God forbid uh, the beer truck runs through the stop sign and he's not here anymore. 
walk me through the, I want you, and, and we'll do this after this break, but, but I'm going to tease people. I want you to walk at that time to walk us through the claims process because, uh, you know, this is not just about him paying this premium. This is about his wife, first of all, knowing he has the coverage in the first place. Correct. And then secondly, not being intimidated by the big insurance company and what it's going to take and is she going to have to get a lawyer and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to talk about that, uh, the claims uh, process with State Farm agent Penn Majors here on the uh, Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Always great to have you back here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio, Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley, and today I have with me State Farm agent Penn Majors, and we're talking about the claim process. In our earlier segment, we had this proverbial client. He was in his mid-30s, and he got this million dollars worth of life insurance, and then a few years later, the beer truck ran the red light, and he's not here anymore, so here's his wife. Uh, talk, work me through the claims process, how complicated is it? It's really, really easy, especially on the, uh, on the customer side, on the beneficiary side. Okay. Uh, I'll get a phone call. My office will get a phone call mm-hmm. saying, you know, my father passed, my mm-hmm. husband passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, God forbid I've had a few that were young people have passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's a lot of times there's a question, did we have life insurance? Did he have life insurance? Mm-hmm. And I always cringe because if it's, if it's one that's been in place for 30 years, mm-hmm. it may not be right on the top of my head if they had it or not. And mm-hmm. as I'm looking it up, I just, I hope, oh my gosh, I hope yeah, this yeah, is going yeah, to yeah, be here. Yeah, yeah. But once we're notified, um, at that point, I will uh, start a claim with uh, State Farm Life Company. And then within about 24 hours, I will receive a very small packet of paperwork. Okay. Uh, I fill out all of that paperwork other than the signature of okay. the beneficiary. Okay. Uh, I will have them come in. Uh, we will get that signature, send it in. Uh, Do they have to bring any documents like a death cer- what, certificate, all that sort of stuff? If it's anything under about a half a million dollars, mm-hmm. I'll just find a published obituary, okay. either through the funeral home or maybe the newspaper, and then that'll be all that's required. Okay. Uh, sometimes, if the dollar amount is larger, we we will require that death certificate, mm-hmm. and and those take a little while to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah. Usually, you know, after the death, it, you know, it may take three four weeks on the on the short end to get to get those the death certificate. Yeah. yeah, right. But uh, on the larger dollar dollar amount, sometimes those are uh, required. Mm-hmm. But again, all it takes is is drop them off at my office. Okay. And uh, then where does the money go? Uh, they have a couple of choices there. They can receive a lump sum payment. Mm-hmm. They can just say, you know, Daddy had a hundred thousand dollars. Just mm-hmm. send me a check for a hundred thousand okay. dollars. It is tax free. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go into his estate. It doesn't have to be probated. Mm-hmm. Whoever the beneficiary is listed on the policy just receives that money. Okay. With State Farm, they also have the option of say they they think, well, I'm you know so thankful to have this money, but I don't need it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, is there anything else I can do with mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Well, they can put it in a State Farm benefit management account, and that money earns. Four percent, and it is completely liquid. You can access any or all of it at any time. Can you give them checks? I mean, yeah. like check writing abilities. You know, yes. they can, they can mm-hmm. write a check for the fifteen thousand dollars for the funeral. Uh, what it is basically is a money market account. Mm-hmm. It's a um, it's a, a 
checking account on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no minimums. There's no uh, there's no service charge, anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. a place that you can park it and earn four percent. Right, right. Now, do you see people come in pretty quickly after a death, or maybe it may be a few weeks or months? And the the times that it's that it's very quick is when those proceeds are needed for the funeral arrangements. Oh, and what we do at that point is we'll say, all right, which funeral home are you working with? Mm-hmm. And we'll reach out to the funeral home and work with them so that the family doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. And the funeral home has a form that they will send me and I will sub- submit to State Farm. And what it does is it doesn't slow down the process of the funeral arrangements. The funeral home will say, okay, with this form, with State Farm's guarantee on it, we're going to go ahead and process your arrangements as though you've already paid. And then they are designated to receive, the funeral home will receive directly from State Farm the cost of the funeral arrangements. Mm -hmm. And then the beneficiary would receive the remaining balance. Now, explaining the whole process, the 90 seconds to get a number and the less than 30 minutes to do the whole application thing and a little bit of underwriting and a way to set up the payment. And then if I pass away, the claims process, this doesn't sound that complicated, man. It's not. And if I could give give any advice, it would be the, the overwhelming majority of people are either they don't understand it mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. They, they're embarrassed to ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ever feel that way. Just no. Just call somebody. Say, hey, I think I might want some life insurance, and I don't know anything about it. Yeah. That's a great place to start. There you go. And you'll explain the whole thing like we've done here, and it takes you about a minute to tell them about how to apply all the way to how to get the benefit. Yeah, and I'm not going to try to oversell you anything. I'm going to give you some options and let you decide what you think is best for you and your family. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, a lot of times this is about feelings. Absolutely. You know? about my uh, how I feel secure, about what I want my family to feel. And speaking of financial security, uh, financial security uh, has is at 78% when a consumer, um, the, the feeling of financial security, when a consumer has life insurance and savings. Absolutely. And, I mean, and you just think about that. 78% of the people could feel financially secure Yes, and and other than the health of my children, that that is as a father is is my number one concern. Am yeah. I going to be able to provide for my family? Right. And if I'm not here, will they be taken care of? Yeah, and fewer than half the people without life insurance said they feel financially secure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and they're not like life insurance really. Is is the kicker here? It is, and it's it, it's a it's an easy process. It's a relatively inexpensive process. Mm-hmm. It just goes back to: Are you willing to take that little bit of time to address it? Are you mm-hmm. willing to have a conversation that may not be the most comfortable thing you've done today? Mm-hmm. And uh, just just take a little time, talk to somebody, talk to me, talk to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, and you know. We got so many people who don't have enough. We've talked about that statistic. But they asked people, said, do you believe you have enough? And more than 49%, about 50% of the people 
even those who have life insurance say they don't think they have enough. And I can guarantee you that number is the overwhelming majority of people that have life insurance do Mm -hmm. not have enough. They have the mindset, well, I've got some. Mm -hmm. And uh, just because you've got some doesn't mean that you've got enough. Yeah. And so then they they ask people in this uh, Forbes advisor survey said, uh, would your family encounter significant financial difficulties within the first year of your death if you didn't have life insurance? And 69% of the people said, oh, yes. Absolutely. And I think a more accurate number, if you're not a very wealthy family, is the the number's closer to 100%. Really? You take one paycheck out of the majority of American homes, it's mm-hmm. going to have a very large impact. Yeah. There's so many of us who are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, and when you, when you tell them what that premium amount is, you know, $75 a month, you have very many people say, I, I, I can't afford. I yeah. Can't. And, and then we'll work backwards. Can you, you know, can you afford 50? Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you ask them, if you're, if you never got another paycheck starting tomorrow, mm-hmm. how long could your household continue to function? Ooh. And it's usually a, a month or less. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're an employer who's listening out here and you really want to make your employees feel a little bit better about working for you, talk to somebody about adding it as a, as some sort of benefit. And with that, that group life is so, so inexpensive because it takes the whole group and the larger the group, the cheaper the premiums. And, and it's a benefit that can be added very inexpensively. All right. So let's just talk about that dynamic there. The larger the group, the cheaper the premium. That's because that maybe if I have type two diabetic diabetes and I'm standing on my own, they're going to just look at me. Yes. And right? it's, it's being able to spread that risk over mm-hmm. as many people. That, that's the basic theory of insurance is, mm-hmm. you know, the reason your insurance only costs $75 a month on a $40,000 car, you think mm-hmm. the math doesn't add up here. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is they've spread that risk over a large number of people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking here. It says the, ab- the, the median face value of term life insurance is $56,000. Yeah. And that's that goes into those those uh, employee benefit small policies, right? Which means that most of us are way under, way, way, way underinsured. So uh, the thing that I could say after having this conversation with you is, if I'm older, I probably needed to think about the long term care, mm-hmm. and if I'm younger, I need to be thinking about this life insurance. Absolutely. Thing. And it's quick. It's easy. It's uh, it's something that you can just do and check it off your list. Mm-hmm. And other than maybe a review every year or two, hey, am I still where I need to be? Mm-hmm. Don't ever just don't worry about it again. Put it on a bank draft. Let it draft every month for the cost of a couple of pizzas. Yes, yes. And or you, as and you it's said, done. the cell phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. it's always good to have you here, State Farm Agent Pan Majors, here with me on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. The 
The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.